0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger
1: picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element. My highlight fifth element hip-hop is knowledge. And I need you to please come home to Digging Digits.
0: Classic yeah, be- Andre 3000 performance. Fuck. Someone, someone said the other day, if Andre, Nas, Jay Z, and Eminem get on the same song in 2022, who has the best verse? And I'm like, why? Why did you tweet this? What was the point of that? Like, there's no, there's no other answer. It's Andre. Move on with your day.
1: <laughs> well, it depends what. Uh, it depends what they're uh twitter account is
0: like well i think it was eminem fan 223
1: right, cool. so go. um there you go right mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. all right with that said hi ben how's your week been what you been to this week oh man i can't believe it was a week ago that i was in uh
0: i was in Wagga. what a weekend man like
1: top and no kangaroo pictures or nothing
0: so i i didn't get an opportunity i was um i was too busy enjoying myself i had the one of the it was a top three weekend of all time for me so um yeah man I was that's in the Hall of Fame that weekend. But I did get to listen to some music this week, uh weekend Dawn FM. I wrote this I'm just gonna read out what I wrote on Instagram because I think it's very apt. I said there's a classic 2011 film starring Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan called Drive. And during that film we were introduced to Night Call, which is a song by Kavinsky, which had dropped as a single, yes yeah, a tune. It dropped as a single the year before the movie now dawn fm is night call elongated for an entire album which is nothing wrong with that um it's just that aesthetic and dawn fm feels like the narrative progression from after hours which is natural because the two titles describe a linear sequence of events and on dawn fm the mood is slightly more ominous it's a little bit less hedonistic a lot of people are saying take my breath is a successor to blinding lights but The sheer euphoria of Blinding Lights just won't be created anytime soon. Maybe ever. Maybe it can never be topped. Uh, Take My Breath really embodies the vibe of this record. It's muted. It's dulled by the chemical reactions from the night before. And it's tempered by the experiences that The weekend had during After Hours. And we get song titles like Every Angel Is Terrifying. I Heard You're Married. Here We Go Again. Is There Someone Else? Sacrifices. It's a lot more downtrodden than after hours. Uh, the artwork really matches the mood. Um, but to be fair, if Abel still has this vibrant energy in his voice when he's progressed to the age where he looks like that, he will be a medical marvel because he's always sounded energetic with his vocals, no matter where the subject matter is going. But far out, man, on this record is is crazy. He's, he's just he's just a great performer. He's a genuinely great performer. Is it as good as after hours? I think it's a lot different. That's all I can say at the moment because After Hours hit me in the fucking face at a million miles an hour and it dragged me into this dystopian wonderland from the very first song and it didn't let me leave. Dawn FM feels self-contained and more sure of itself. Um, you know, like you can come over here if you want but we don't need you to. So maybe it could end up being just as good as After Hours. I just I just haven't entered that world yet. So I think it's a good release. I really do. was not disappointed in that uh, RuPaul, Mamoru, uh, RuPaul is a fucking icon, absolute icon, movies, TV juggernaut, published book writer, and genuine musician, he fucking skates on here, man, drops plenty of references to the TV series, over the top of these EDM era beats, uh, it's just stratospheric, this record, I mean, it always is when RuPaul drops music, like, it's always good, it's always really good, and, um blame it on the edit i really loved pretty pretty gang gang i loved the prize of catwalk i loved if you need something to zone out to and enjoy maybe to dance maybe feel a bit imperious and a bit invincible about yourself this fucking record man this is the record for you and finally finally we finally got ds forever by gunner Oh, were we waiting for this? Oh my God, did we need this? We needed this, you know. After such a rough two years living in this world, we fucking needed some hope. We needed some faith. We needed something to lift us out of the mire that we've been just fucking stuck in. And we got DS forever by Gunner. And wow what a record man like i'm not even going to say anything it's just that good just go listen to it right now check out my deep dive analysis on instagram and twitter um and you'll see why this is this is a special album so that was me charlie what about yourself
1: yeah I just why i to stay silent throughout that cause oh because you've li- you would have you would have listened that's what it deserves. surely he would have that's, um, that's what it deserves
0: you would have listened that's I
1: deserves. no 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 it's all it's it deserves so I got into a few projects. Uh Josh Kitts, 17 year old Josh Kitt from South Africa. Uh The Lost Cause. Uh only on Bandcamp at this point in time, as I'm as far as I'm aware, but a very, very solid piece of work. I really enjoyed it. Um yeah, it kind of it kind of uh, leaves uh, to be desired in some ways where like there's three minute tracks but only like one verse, but then the beat kind of takes over. But even with that said the beats are really good i really enjoy it um really just smooth hip-hop beats um he does a a, a cover so to speak of uh that uh of that uh, di- that life is like a dice game uh, with like nas corday and someone else uh from from like last year that one spotify single randomly dropped um but yeah it is that that and uh just plenty of other good stuff um great interludes as well it just kind of like bleeds into the whole narrative of it yeah just a really solid project so shout out to Joss Kit on that front uh funk pimpin or spelled f-u- i think it's f-u-n-k-p-m-p-n i think i spelled that right on my my notes but i might have got it wrong um but yeah uh what's it called subatomic oh yeah f-n-k-p-m-p-n subatomic uh so this is del the funky over sapien mm. and uh and uh called cool keith what and you think? uh you yeah think? It's 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 very esoteric. Mm. It's very abstract. Well said. Um, I kind of, I I, I kind of like uh, there's there's sometimes where like the the hook was just so it was kind of like very simple to me and very repetitive and kind of took me out of things. And if it wasn't that, there was always something that took me out of it. You know what I mean? So if it wasn't that, it was the be yourself. that kind of just like. Uh, it, it just, it just droned a bit for me sometimes. Um, and yeah, but you know, I feel like for people that like, people like Cool Keith and Delafunky Omisapia, I feel like it's pretty much right up your alley. Um, they don't, they don't keep, they never keep it simple from what I've listened to. So, you know, with that said, um, I'm sure it's a success in some people's eyes. Um, but yeah, I just found it a bit, uh, a bit too abstract for my taste. Uh, the weekend, on FM! um, I much prefer this to After Hours um, overall. Uh, I think After Hours has. I, I I don't like the middle of it. Um, if I remember that specifically. Um, but yeah, I prefer I prefer this. I prefer this Holy. I love the concept. Um, You know, he 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 just invented radio con- uh, radio album concepts. Of course, um, he's the Fucking first person to ever do this. Genius, uh, genius! Imagine that. Can't 20... believe no, can't, believe, 22... can't believe
0: nobody's done it before.
1: 2021, he's done it before. It's
0: 2022 yep. now, and he's still can't, creating can't things
1: them. like unbelievable. Absolutely, yeah. Just just for that alone, just for that alone, just that album of the year. Um, but yeah, I really do enjoy the concepts. I love uh, Jim Carrey uh, coming through now and again. Uh, it was very, it was very cool. Uh, don't know why that Lil Wayne feature was there. Completely killed that track for me. Um, Ty Creator was actually carved decent on the on that particular one he was on. Um, but yeah, man, we can just. just uh, I think the point you made on on his energy as he energy vocally is just so perfect as a uh, as a descriptor of why the weekend's so good because it just sounds like he puts a hundred percent into every single bit, every single vocal, every single stack of vocals or whatever. Um, he just puts his all into it, and uh, you know I appreciate that. Um, I like the I like the more the more dingy nature of it. I do like the night call nature of it. Um, I much prefer that uh it's, it's very you know just hard synth wave kind of thing going on all right it's, it's it's good overall uh lastly daniel sun and future wave sun zoo spelled son uh and the wave god um let's god uh i've kind of this is no disrespect to them but i've kind of um the the saturation on uh, mafioso rap has a uh, kind of worn on me now. Um, I do, I do, I don't mind this project. I think, as you know, as uh, a Mafioso projects goes, it's 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 a solid entry, right? I feel like uh, they do good stuff on there. I like the beats, especially the production's very nice on here. Got a couple of good features, uh, Flea Lord, for example. Um, but yeah, man, I just uh, this is just me personally. I've I've kind of just really. I kind of give one mafioso art- artist that does this kind of type of hip-hop right now, I kind of give him, like, one chance, and if I don't, like, think... If I don't... Uh, if it doesn't blow my mind, then I probably won't come back, because it's just like, bro, so many of them now. So many. Like, it's, it's, for, for, such an un- for such a quote-unquote underground uh, genre of hip-hop, it is so saturated right now. I don't know how or why... But it's just really grind me down. Like, this is I think there's just so many of them, or just the fact that I've been exposed to so many of them. Maybe that's the maybe that's the problem. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, apart from like maybe maybe Benny and Conway, I try and I barely give the rest of them uh, my time of day. But that's just me. It's not because they're crap or anything. I'm sure they're, they're all great in their own way. But just like the overall nature of it, I'm just I, I just can't I just can't anymore. I've just lost steam. Honestly, there's only so many times I can hear, you know, uh, Mafiosa rap. Um, for me personally, but again, that's all me. And with that said, we should hop into our first new uh miniseries, hopping off, kind of uh hopping, kind of hopping off from uh the essence of contemporary cool and uh and uh, going for it a bit different, uh kind of the other way, I guess, um where we pick an album uh that is from any time doesn't matter if it's 10 past 10 years or whatever doesn't matter time frame doesn't matter but it's more about the adjacent nature of said album to what we call hip-hop uh so we're going to call it hip-hop neighbors um hhn is now hip-hop neighbors Mm -hmm. hip-hop numbers is in the bin um and i'm sure ben will agree um he, he has to change his name and everything about him (laughs) <laughs> uh, just to make room for HHN, that's the new HHN. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, we've uh, we're going to pick one album this time, not two. Uh, specifically because we kind of also want to uh, nail down on what makes the album. Uh, obviously, not hip hop in general. That that would come very quickly, obviously, but also lay down the connective tissue between. Uh, that's that's a term I'm going to use a lot when it comes to this particular mini series. is connective tissue. I feel like that's a good. Uh, descriptor of it where there's a lot of there's a lot of albums out there that you know kind of have this minor connection to hip-hop whether it's be the features or just how it's how it's uh, approached right but it's not like a hip-hop album we agree that it's not a hip-hop album but there's just so many elements to it and so many homages to it that you can't really ignore it um or or maybe um it inspired hip-hop in some way um maybe some later albums uh, for some older albums that we might may or may not get into um or or just the stuff that you know yeah that, that kind of just uh comes linking towards um the same p- trajectory that hip hop took um one i really want to get into some point down down the line is like uh something like rage against the machine right mm. where you're listening to that and it's just like it's full on rock but you know you have zack de la Rocha just absolutely barring um, and I can see why, you know, people like Public Enemy, um, you know, get drawn to those guys so much and to f- so much to the fact that, um, uh, Public Enemy and like, uh, Tom Morello did obviously, a uh, Prophets of Rage. And that might be, might be another one we could pick, but anyway. My God, and I that's foresee
0: a Limp Bizkit episode.
1: I really foresee one. <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> 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 um, not now, <laughs> but maybe down the line, who knows? It's, it ain't gonna be me picking it um so yeah uh <laughs> so we have one album each uh, for this episode and for the future hip-hop neighbors episodes uh for the reasons I've already uh, explained so uh I'll, I'll get kicked off mm. um since uh mine actually um fits the brief in my mind um, and been kind of uh went super safe with his pick oh uh, shit man <laughs> throw the it's, shots it's, it's, in
0: because i'm curious as to where you're going to go with this one because i i want to hear you uh I, I thought i fit the brief more than you but anyway we'll, i'm keen uh, to okay. see. Yeah, all,
1: right. all right nice challenge um right so my pick is um, mr damien Marley's um seminal uh 2005 record uh welcome to Jamrock." rock uh so I remember listening to this album uh, in my dad's car and listening to the title track and stuff like that, and, you know, an all night especially. Uh, that's an absolute jam, right? So, going simply, the connective tissue um, is not just the features, right? Because obviously we have Nas and Black Thought, for example, and those are very, um, and those particular songs, uh, you know, lend quite easily to. Uh, hip hop adjacent reggae, uh, music. If you haven't gathered by the fact that it's Damian Marley, it is a, uh, reggae record. Um, and by the end of the album, it practically is a reggae record. The last few tracks are just um straight up um uh, reggae or uh or Caribbean uh uh uh, uh, uh other other genres of uh, Caribbean origin. Um, but you know, once you get to something like confrontation um where you know has a highly highly selassie, Haile selassie uh, at the start of it um but you know Damian Marley gets into a nice verse right and he he just has this and he does this throughout, he's done this throughout his his career where and obviously uh, this is kind of like a mini precursor to something like uh, distant relatives which he covered on uh, contemporary call cool a few uh, a, a few months ago for some like road design featuring Nas that's obviously you know much much more yeah it becomes distant relatives pretty much kind of like the precursor um, but past that I feel like this album and it's connective tissue to me is how it goes about the overall nature of painting a picture of uh what Damien Marley sees as Jamaica or in this case Jamrock so let me read uh the last verse of Welcome to Jamrock if you haven't heard of it, which has the iconic Aini Kamosi uh World of Reggae uh sample, absolute classic sample. Uh oh, so it's the second verse, sorry. So yeah, let's let's, um, let's go through half of it. Uh, yeah, come on, let's face it. A it ghetto education's basic, and most of the use then waste it. I'm gonna I'm gonna to i I'm gonna say the patois but i'm not going to say it like you know no no i'm not talking like this so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna perform it i'm just gonna say it uh and most of the use them waste it and when them waste it that's when them uh that's when them take guns replace it and then don't stand no, stand no chance at all and that's why enough little youth have some fat matic with the extra magazine in a them back pocket and a bleach at night time in a some black jacket and who all who not nah, lock glock say them a lock rocket. <laughs> this is very hard to do in just my, my accent. Then <laughs> we pull you up current like a shock socket. Then we run a block which what a part of the cops block it. And from now until the morning not stop clock it. If them run out rounds are brought back ratchet. Okay. So that was very um, herky-jerky from me from performance, but if you listen to it, it get hit. <laughs> it's much harder, um, I must say, uh, especially when the beat just, like, kind of goes out into this, like, dub essence, right? Um, but, yeah, I feel like while this album uh, obviously clearly um, is through and through a reggae album, that just comes through these moments uh, where I just get a hip-hop uh, a hip-hop viewing uh, circle Uh, A kind of like through the looking glass kind of thing Um, some of this record was recorded in Miami so I kind of want to say that there was some form of um, purposeful um, accounting of this where it's not just a really good reggae record and uh, connecting to general reggae history right you know you have stuff like Roots Reggae which um, has the you know the Bob Marleys of the of the world, right? And what roots reggae kind of uh, dips into is more of uh, it deals with everyday lives, and uh, you know aspirations, and obviously very a lot of mentions of Rastafari, black liberation, revolution, all that stuff, right? Um, that you you guys have most likely heard of, right? Just yeah. Bob Marley, for example, is probably the best. Ex- is probably the best example, right? Um, but there's many others like that. And Damien Marley, as a son of, as a son of Bob, um, I feel does the exact same thing here, where it is a roots reggae record, but it's modernized, right? I feel like a lot of the production here. Shout to Steve, uh, Stephen Marley as well. I, I think it's Stephen or Stefan. I think it's Stephen. Um, but uh, he comes through with a lot of production chops um, as well, um, helping out on that front. And I just feel this album really really just takes a little takes a little bit of hip hopism from the whole thing uh, from the whole uh uh for, for the for the whole album itself um while like I said after road to Zion uh the album kind of just dips into full-on reggae album um there's a lot of times a lot of times throughout the album where it just becomes kind of pretty much a, a reggae record that just has some. Uh, that has some dub essence or ruse reggae essence uh slapped onto it. Um so as it pertains to arguing uh if a hip hop listener um, could enjoy this and could listen to this, I would highly recommend you would you should. Um come for, you know, Black Fort, come for NAS if you want, right? But stay for the fact that Damian Marley does a, a superb uh, job here in having a modern roots reggae, reggae record that doesn't sound like it's from the 80s where roots reggae was you know the thing and was you know completely popping. um but modernizing it and having not just roots reggae essence but also a bit of dub as well a bit of dance hall as well in some cases um and and in my mind a little bit of hip-hop as well um, past the features, I feel Damian Marley himself throughout throughout his performance and his lyrical uh, pr- uh, production, production performance, uh, kind of cinches that for me. So uh, yeah, that is that is a that's my qu- quote unquote argument. Do you think that you would have the same
0: argument if distant relatives didn't exist? Um. Yes. Interesting. Um yeah, no, I like I love this album. I love this album. I've never listened to it before until Charlie put me onto it. Uh it's it's his only top sixty album on the Billboard two hundred. Um I think it went number seven, something crazy. Charted in France and the Netherlands, Gold in the UK. Uh the title track is his only solo entry on the Hot 100. Um it went fifty-five and uh, number 13 in the UK um, That it went 55 sorry 50, that song uh, the title track "Welcome to Jam Rock went 55 on the Hot 100 and the 13 in the UK two Grammys he won for the album first was best reggae album and second was best urban slash alternative performance I don't even know if that category still exists I don't understand what that Fuck category no, no. means I, I'm, I'm confused um, typical Grammys <laughs> Of course, it's a stunning album, man. The, the title track is, is simultaneously urgent and considered. It's just, it has this quality of like, it's a, it's energetic, but it's calm. I don't know how he does that. Um, actually like The Master has come back even better, adds that uh, sample texture, mm. and Damien Marley is just fucking skiing all over this track. His energy on here is super infectious. He turns every single song into an absolute bop. All Night is a great beat. But Damien Marley had to match it and he fucking bulldozed through the center with a flow that will not be deviated, and that's part of like, um, I feel like it's hip hop influence. Is he he slips into some rap cadences on here and uh, it's very addictive. Um, uh, Paradise sounds like a Wyclef song. The album kind of slips for me between mid 2000s hip hop production, like Hey Girl, Move, Road to Zion, Into Deep, yeah. And then you get, as Charlie said, the straight reggae tracks. And production wise I felt like uh, Damien Stefan, you said he had to pronounce his name. I say Stephen Marley. Um, Stephen Damian Stephen Marley. They they didn't hold Steven. They didn't hold back on this man. Um Yeah, man, like look, it's a great project. He he said the music reflects the stuff he was listening to at the time, which he refers to as really hardcore. And he said this of the title track. I'm glad that things worked out that way because the song that I got known for is the kind of music I like to do. It's not trying to really put together something to appease popular culture. It's more what we feel at heart. Being able to be known for political-driven themes in my music has been a blessing for me in my career. That's where my heart is to begin with. So if I'd blown up on the previous album, perhaps I wouldn't be known for this kind of content. I'm glad that the song that the world knows best is Welcome to Jam Rock, which is a politically-driven song That was in an interview with the Grammys, Um, and they actually asked a fascinating question. They said, your music has always taken from many different traditions and infused it into reggae. Have you seen yourself as having a responsibility of bringing reggae to the world in that way? And his response was, I think when it comes down to the spirit of my music, I'm a reggae purist. When I say I live this advocacy, the genre of root spiritual reggae music, there's many other people who have been doing the same thing. For my father's generation coming up, a lot of reggae musicians stand for these values. So it still comes through in the lyrics. It still comes through in the sounds, the songwriting. The themes are still very authentic to reggae in terms of what the reggae movement and its philosophy is all about. I really like that. I really love that. It really is... um, Mm. It's so descriptive. Mm. It's just so descriptive. And... Yeah, man, like I played this record through twice on Friday. It's an absolute journey. It's high energy tracks, slow burns. Uh, it's a real roller coaster. And I can see Damian Marley keeping those hip hop touch points through Black Thought and Nas. And this album really unlocked a much more hip hop focused 2010s for him. You know, Distant Relatives obviously came about directly through their collab on this record. He said that they had a few songs lying around from this specific collaboration and they decided to expand upon it. Uh, then we got a feature on a Cypress Hill song in twenty twelve, Tide Dollar sign 2017, Common 2021, of course Jay Z's Bam in 2017, and Welcome to Jam Rock's a fucking classic, man. It's a classic. And yeah, man, this if you haven't heard this album and you yeah, just go listen to it. It's, it's great. It's a great project.
1: Yeah, I feel like um there's a uh there's a lot of times where you Mentioned the pr- 2000s production, and I do mm. get that. Um, and uh, I feel obligated now to say that because I'm that guy over that always mentions how 2000s shit sounds. Um, but even with that said, like uh, especially something like Rotor Zion, it kind of you mentioned that specifically, and it really does. I feel like it could have easily been on something like Streets Disciple, which came out, I think, a year mm. before. Um, I read really, I really do it could've it could've fit in like a glove in that front, uh, for that particular song and uh, yeah man, it's kind of, it's kind of it's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating album on that front. Um So mad that Damian Marley's the youngest son of uh, Bob, that's that's a, that's crazy. That's that's fucking crazy, man. The 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 the, 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 the genes in that family. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alright, yeah. well that's it. Ben what's yours uh what's your hip hop neighbour? Give uh, some
0: sugar. Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack Ventura. So Oof, we wade back into the murky waters of what is a rapper? what is a singer? what is what is hip hop? Um look, man. Yeah, I put I put Silk Sonic in my, my my list every week of, of albums, the highest selling albums from rappers, because I consider Anderson Packs a rapper. And um you know for Forty three point two percent of Oxmart Ox. What am I? What's going on with me this morning? Forty three point two percent of Oxnard is wrapped, and he you calls Gunner,
1: and now you can't speak English. Huh <laughs> <laughs> <Gunning him. laughs> Why are you disrespecting the goat like that? Why are you doing that? That's not fair. <laughs> every time, every time you cape off for Gunner, um, you're your 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 speech impediment grows. (laughs) oh shit
0: we're gonna struggle by the end of this pod fuck um yeah so 43.2 percent of Oxnard is rapped and he calls himself a rapper and on Ventura the final track is with Nate Dogg and they open it with the rap singer the hook master and I think that encapsulates Anderson Park I don't think he's as metronomic as Nate Dogg um rest in peace to Nate Dogg But it's different, they're different, they're different, but I do think there are similarities. I want to talk about the rapping first, because on Oxnard, Anderson Pack dove deep into significantly more hip-hop-based production and cadences, and I have not run the numbers on Malibu, but just subjectively, having listened to that album a lot, I would say 25% of that is rap. I think that's a fair, I reckon a quarter of that is rap. I think that's a decent amount. And when he was spitting on that record, it didn't feel like he was trying to, and it's the same on Ventura. Whereas on Oxnard, i definitely felt a desire for him to move more into the hip hop space, more consciously and with genuine intent. And Anderson Pack said that when Dr. Dre heard the final version of Oxnard, his reaction was, it's hard, it's gangster. And of course, you know, we get Kendrick, Cole, uh, Q-Tip, push a T on there, Snoop Dogg. It definitely had a different feel to Malibu. It was a slightly sharper edge. And he said that this is the good times and the bad times, life after Malibu. That's what he was talking about with Oxnard. And the reason I bring Oxnard up so much is because that's why I feel like Ventura fits this list perfectly. Because Anderson Pack showed he was very, very capable of dipping into hip hop. And he has like deep roots in that genre. He's spoken about it, you know, that's that's where he began. So I think that Ventura is, is perfect in that sense. And if we speak on the context of Ventura, we do have to take it back quite a way, because you know this isn't an Anderson Pack retrospective. I think that'd be a brilliant thing to do one day. But he began his formal music career as a drummer at the family church, and he was a drummer for American Idol semi-finalist Haley Reinhardt. And his early career is just littered with starts and stops, progress and wrong turns. He actually toured with Earl in 2015. He was on Dr Dre's Compton. His debut album didn't even chart, and he said he was always exploring sounds early in his career, looking for his unique sound. He dropped an EP in 2013 called Cover Art, and he said this about it. The, I love this fucking cover art. is an incredible project. I'd never heard of it before uh, I, I started researching this episode. He said, During the 1950s, there was a slew of white artists and bands who made a pretty lucrative career out of remaking songs from black blues and R&B artists, Unfortunately, the original writers hardly ever received credit or were were ever properly compensated for their songs. And so on cover art, we see him covering the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, the White Stripes, the Postal Service, the Beatles, Toto, Neil Young. Uh, He played drums on every song. He played the piano. He did the synths and... Yeah, I say all that to talk about the difference in production and approach on Ventura. Despite the fact that he's an adept producer and musician, he actually rarely produced on his early projects. He only has production on 8 of the 46 songs prior to Ventura, 17.4%. But on Ventura, it's 55%. Now, Wiki lists this album as an R&B soul-funk album, and I mentioned his cover art EP for a good reason, apart from the fact that you should go check it out because it's great. I can't sit here and say that just because he raps, it's a hip hop album or he's a rapper. And a couple of days ago, I got into it yet again with someone who took offense to me calling Bad Bunny a rapper. And for the record, he's a fucking rapper. (laughs) Like, whether you like it or not is immaterial. You know, you can create your own hip-hop page entitled Rap Gatekeeper, and you can post up whatever you like about what you consider a rapper and why. But if an artist self-identifies as a rapper and raps consistently and regularly, they're a fucking rapper. And the thing about Ventura, when I was listening to it, to analyze was that tension, right? It was the tension, because when I count the rap percentage of an album, it's a really involved process. I'm listening intently to hear if an artist slips out of melody and into a rap cadence. And some artists, it's very easy. Drake is a great example. You can basically tell from looking at the structure of the lyrics of the song, what you're gonna get. Some artists are almost impossible to calculate. Like Lou Uzi Vert, Young Thug, they often add melodic touches to the end of a straight rap bar for half a second and you have to record that. It's very difficult. But Anderson Pack on Oxnard gave me the impression he was, this is Oxnard again, he was trying to lean heavily into his rap influences. And he said, this is an excerpt from Rolling Stone, um, or this is an excerpt from Rolling Stone. They wrote this and he has some quotes in it. With its sprawling psychedelic grooves and confident verses, the album is his tribute to a bygone era of major label rap, a time when beats from the best producers in the game were on back-to-back songs where artists went big or went home. Anderson Park says, I feel like ambition is missing from today's music. This is the album I dreamed of making in high school when I was listening to the Blueprint or the documentary or the college dropout. Now, littered throughout his entire interview history is his desire to be his own artist and to be him, to be whomever Anderson Park wants to be on that particular day. Despite being around Dr. Dre and as recently as 2018, most interviews talked about his connection to Dr. Dre, I feel like, and this is just my feeling, he stood so far apart from that now. Like, I even forgot that he was around Dr. Dre until I started researching this episode. And that's a big thing, to step out from that shadow. And Ventura dropped in 2019, and that was after he'd been on tour with Mac DeMarco. He won Best R&B Album at the Grammys, and he um, something he told CR Fashion really stuck with me. Anderson grew up listening to Earth, Wind and & Fire and wanting to dance. When he was in grade school, he used to break dance battle with his friends at recess in between classes. And he says, I was five or six and I was obsessed with hip hop. I wanted to be a dancer and I was going to talent shows and finally got into drums when I was 12. After that, I wanted to do something in music for sure. I can't really remember a time when I wasn't into music. Now, the first single from Ventura just tells you all you need to know about its hip hop adjacency. If that is a word, I think that's a word. I think adjacency is a word. If it's not, it should be a fucking word. It's a great word. Um, He decided that King James would be the first single, which is a strong a song constructed around LeBron James and the positive impact a role model can have on a community. And he says we salute King James for using his change to create some equal opportunities. This is a hip hop song to the core, even though he sings the whole song, the protest in it, the motivation, the social awareness. He says. Cold stares can never put the fear in me. There's a movement we've been grooving on. You can move or stay your ass asleep. Let's not just talk about it. Everything they tried to hide, we're taking back for yours and mine. Like, bro, there are far better commercial choices for the lead single on here. King James didn't even chart, but it was such a perfect statement to drop that as the as the lead single. And I love the way that Anderson Pack gives him his album's personas, like they're like living, breathing entities. And he said this about Ventura. Ventura is, the, is like the father of Oxnard who was never around, but then comes back and then tries to be like, yo, clean your room, what the fuck? Then Oxnard is like, wait, where have you been? And then he's like, I've been out here working my ass off, trying to provide for you. How do you think this house gets paid? And the kid is like, oh, wow, you really were holding it down. But you were here, can you talk to me nice? Then Ventura is like, can you please clean up your room? And then the room gets cleaned and they go off and they have their relationship from there. Like he's, he he puts a lot of thought into these things. And this is the crux of this entire episode and this, this, this album for me. He told Coop Domain Magazine this, my purpose is to continue to be free, you know, be a light. In hip hop, there's not a lot of freedom. It's one type of stereotype. You have to do one type of sound, one type of work. But I always felt like my purpose was to celebrate freedom and range, spread love, and to be that light, to be there for my family and continue to uplift and build through my music and stay true to myself within my music and have fun doing it and enjoy the freedom of being able to try different things, be able to go to different places, exposing people to funk and soul music and hip-hop. I feel like that's a part of my purpose for sure. And look, man, I think the triumph of Ventura is is this, like, this is it. You know, you can't call this a straight hip-hop album. You know, Anderson .Paak is a rapper, but he only raps 12% of the lyrics on this record. But that's okay. He doesn't have to rap every word or rap on every song. It's, you know, this is a whole different, like, if we were to talk about Post Malone, for example, Post Malone raps 12% on Hollywood's Bleeding, but we're coming at it from completely different directions. Post Malone's coming at it from an alternative rock, country music background and like working his way up to that 12%, Anderson Packs coming from a hip-hop background and working his way back down to that 12%, and yeah, that that meets, and I understand, and that's where the criticism of, you know, saying an album is hip-hop or it's rap based on a rap percentage, I can understand where that criticism is right there, but like, it's just the, it's the freedom of expression that Anderson Pack has, and I love that, man, and you know, is it an album that would change the definitions of hip-hop? And I wouldn't ask that question if we didn't have that quote from Anderson Park saying he wanted to create more freedom within the genre of hip-hop. I don't see this as an album that's going to do that. Um, but I see it similarly to Igor, although Igor is slightly further down this path since Tyler was prior to that album a just a straight-up rapper and Anderson Pack has always rapped and sung. I think Ventura is another entry into the diversity of, of hip-hop and rap. And you know, rapping is a vocal technique. It's it's not a genre any more than singer songwriter is a genre. So it's like, yeah, I I do think that this this record is is an incredible entry into that. And um, I'm I'm always curious as to what Anderson Pack is going to do next because he just he will not be held down or or pigeonholed or held back at all. He just it's freedom of expression, and I love that.
1: Yeah, very well said. Um, I think the. The image I was getting while you were talking, um, and this, uh, and this uh, idea of some somebody coming into or, or or coming down to or coming up to, um, just for the just for just for the note, there is no there, there's no way in hell Post Malone is going to be on this episode. Uh, on this. Episode oh no no no, well.
0: no 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 no! If everyone uh, <laughs> there's there's little literally no no It's, ad- it's,
1: a, it's adjacent because of you lot. All right, uh, A for yeah. me. All right, yeah, don't, no, don't bother. No uh, not a conversation here. Not happening. Make your own podcast if you feel offended. Make um, your own rap
0: gatekeeper podcast. Make and...
1: make make your own podcast about albums that are adjacent to hip hop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. This is a this is a good example of what I of what I wanted of this mini series uh, of these. And Anderson Pack is kind of like an embodiment of it. Of like yeah, he's hip hop, but like he always does stuff that is on top of hip hop something else as well. And kind of um and kind of just does this amazing but has this amazing ability to you know, like you like you said on the quote, stretch things out and um uh, and redefine what's possible. Um and I mean, I will say I said it I said it when this album came out, and I'll say it again. I feel like this uh, obviously this connects to uh, Oxnard as just uh, the how close they were in release, and uh, clearly there was just like you know overlap. Um, but I, I much I I prefer this album so much uh, as just a whole listen as a whole body of work. Um, I feel like it just comes through like a dream. Um, it's just under 40 minutes, and it goes by. It feels faster than that, um, you know. Going from come home to make it better and reaching too much, especially uh, Lala Hathaway uh, or Layla Hathaway. Um, she just ugh, she's so fucking good. This feature man, just so underrated. Uh, when when it goes out, those three tracks, I mean, it's just uh, I feel I feel like half the album's gone for me. It's just like fuck, uh, it just goes by so fast. Um, and then you get uh, like you mentioned King James, which was a fascinating. <laughs> Excuse me. It was a fascinating pick for a single. I was mm. thinking about that uh, initially when it dropped. Just, and then, and then when it when it's to the album. Now that you said that, I was just like, I was just like, hmm, yeah, could have, could have. There was like so many more tracks you could have picked, <clears throat> but you decided to pick that. That's kind of interesting. Um, I did not think of that until until now. That's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, man, the whole the whole album just goes through so nicely, and it's, uh, you know, in in the essence of the episode, it doesn't come. It's not hip hop in uh the in the in the binary fashion that we call it. Um it may have um some, some essence to it. Um and I guess the adjacent nature that you put forward is one of it while it is an R and B album is coming from a guy who is uh a hip hop staple at this point. Um but he always kind of it's it's kinda of like a it's kind of like a it's kinda of like a mind trick in some way where like every every album that Anson Peck has done, uh I remember listening to Venice when I was in university and I was very fascinated. Like there's a couple of songs there that are just like, you know, straight up hip hop like uh drugs especially is one I always think about. Um But, you know, past that he's always gone to this point where like yeah, There's some hip hop tracks there, you know, here and there, like in Malibu, right? Um, try to pick one. Uh, I forgot, I forgot the name of that track, it's one of the high tech beats, right? You know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, yeah, even with Malibu, there was that Oxnard had a couple, um, Brothers Keeper we pushed a T, for example. And this is kind of just the complete departure of that, where he's completely departed from it. Um, has, I don't think there's a quote-unquote hip-hop track in here, um, and that's very fascinating to me, but it feels right. It all feels right at the end of the day. And uh, I feel like that's a very a very interesting thing about Anderson Pack as an artist, and about this album specifically, where he's taken mm-hmm. this and uh, may have been may have been in the same sessions as Noxnard. Like I said, I'm sure there was some overlap in terms of uh, you know recordings, um, but it just got it just became this, and this the second one became this uh, complete, you know R and B uh, homage, uh, not exactly pastiche in any way. I don't think uh, I don't, not not like Silk Sonic, uh, but it's modern. Uh, you know, especially with the features like Jasmine Sullivan, like Brandy, right? Um, it, it, and Sonia Elise. Uh they they come through very modern. Um the songs come through very modern, a modern example of what R and B is. And obviously R and B and hip hop have had this uh, connection for, you know, the past forty odd years and uh that's always been something I've been very fascinated bit with. Um you know, I pose that theory uh that um In the 90s and 2000s, uh, R&B, hip-hop was taken from R&B. And now, in more recent times, R&B is taken from hip-hop. And uh, that symbiosis is very interesting um, of how that comes about. But then there's Anderson pack that kind of just sits there in the middle and doesn't quite pander to that, oh, hip-hop's popular, let me make a, let me, even though I'm an R&B artist, make, let's make a hip hop out, let's make a, you know, a trap R&B kind of thing that, you know, a lot of the male R&B artists do now these days, uh, which I'm, you know, kind of lukewarm on, but instead he does something like this and it also, you know, uh, is credit to his just musicianship, um, you know, with his, uh, uh, uh knowledge on drums, especially, um. When you know, I feel like when you know something as essential as drums, you can take it where you want it, um, and you have a lot of flexibility to do so. Um, You know, if I'm sure if you isolate a lot of the drums on here, um, you could probably start again and make it a hip-hop album. Um, So uh, that's that's an interesting theory if any um, producer geeks want to get on that, but um, yeah. It's it's a fascinating album and a good pick. Um, I do I did roast, but it's a good pick. Um, and it is definitely adjacent. Uh, obviously because of Anson Pack and who he is and what we consider him to be, but he's never quite been what we say he is or what people label him as. You know what I mean? It's it's not it's not it's never binary with him, and uh, I really enjoy that fact. As as you said, it comes out as you don't know what he's going to do next. And it always comes out as unpredictable. And I love that uh, essence of him and his artistry.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting section of, uh, just cross section of of music that we're in right now in 2022. And there are going to be more and more albums like this. You know, there are going to be more and more albums where we say, we don't know we don't know what genre it is we don't know it defies genre and and i think the music industry is going to push back heavily against that because that's how charts are built that's how marketing plans are built that's how you know there's so much on the business side of music that is reliant on having binary genres and having artists put into pigeonholes and saying this is this type of artist and this is this type of artist and as fans we, we we don't hate that you know, it's easier to discover artists that way. It's much easier, you know, for us to find artists that we like. Like we hear, you know. I mean, the thing that I think about it is because a lot of people have have said that to me about the artist. Uh, sorry, about the the audience wanting. Um, artists to be put in genres so that they can find other artists in those genres and a lot of people have said well let's just create more subgenres, you know let's like delineate it even further but i don't see it that way i see it more like let's just say this artist sounds similar to this artist it doesn't necessarily have to be this artist makes r&b soul and funk so we're looking for a a fusion of those that's i feel like that's as hustling backwards right let's just say it's sounds like anderson Park, like that's easy i feel like that's the easiest way to go about it and um you know let's say like we listen to igor and let's say i don't know it's it's similar to love below we don't have to say it's a hip-hop album we don't have to say it's an r&b album we don't have to say it's a neo-soul album we don't have to say it's a pop album we just have to say it sounds similar to these albums and if you like these albums you'll like this album so I definitely foresee this becoming more diluted in the future. I really like what Anderson pack said about wanting to bring more freedom to hip hop and um just more freedom in general. Uh I feel like it's a music industry thing that's been in and I always say that every week. I probably sound like some conspiracy theorist, like, Oh it's the music industry, oh my god, every fucking <laughs> bad thing in the world is the music industry. Boy, most of it is the music industry, so like, I feel like I'm pretty justified in saying that. But um, yeah, man, I like this. I like this a lot. I'm, I'm really curious to see where we go with this because there are so many records. I mean, we basically did it mm-hmm. with the DJ Shadow episode. We basically did it. And yeah. Yeah. Bro, there's going to be so much music that we can go down. And um, Linkin Park's going to get some, uh, some play on this, man. Linkin Park's going to get some play. A bit of Mike Shinoda. I think that's how you say his name. <laughs> but in yes. the end, it doesn't even matter. Fuck man. Rest in peace to Chester Bennington. But yeah, I'm uh I'm keen for this episode. I'm keen for this series. Sorry, to continue.
1: Yes, definitely. And I feel like uh with the sake of time, I feel like with the make a pretty good time, I feel like I should do this a contemporary call now and just have one each. I yeah, guess. one so each fair. Like we, one yeah, feel, is fair. One each. I feel like we I feel like it gives us a lot of uh, freedom to just like um chew chew on it a bit. Let's do um, let's do one each from now on. Uh, yeah, well, might, might do that. Might do that from now on for for a contemporary call as well as this. Uh, so with that said, switch off, finish up, and uh, Ben, have you got a light note? Um. No, not really. I don't yeah, think okay. I have any. I'll well, tell top, you what. Top free weekend in life. But well, no. no, okay,
0: yeah. I mean, look, I can't, I'm not going to speak, I'm not going to put my business out there too much. I'm just going to say, I had a fucking amazing, 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 amazing weekend. Like, wow. Like, genuinely, you know, like as, as time progresses and, you know, if you, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I haven't had the best of times over the last 33 years of my life. So, like, you you assume that at some point, you know, you're kind of like, in, you're locked out of these kind of experiences, but no, not at all, and um, fucking amazing. One thing, I one lighter note I did want to say, and this is completely in a different direction, but, you know, when I first, I talked about being prescribed cannabis on this podcast like a year ago, right? And yeah. I've been taking a little bit in the last week, so I actually got pretty high a couple of days, and, you know, Charlie said to me, the best food you'll ever eat, is when you're high. But I'm going to I'm going to say there's two types of times when food is going to be the best food you ever eat. One is when you're high on cannabis, but one is also when you've taken Valium. Now, I'm not going to advocate for anyone out there taking Valium off prescription. I'm not going to say that at all. Don't take Valium if you don't have a prescription. Don't take Valium if you don't need it. It's not it's not a drug that you should be taking recreationally or enjoying with friends. Like it's a fucking dangerous drug. But I think it competes with cannabis in terms of food. Like I will admit when I, when I was um, a little bit high a couple of days ago, I had a double choc chip cookie. <laughs> I tasted things I've never tasted before in my life.
1: <laughs> I remember that tweet. I saw that. I'm
0: like, what is going on here? Like, what are these extra layers? Like, I thought I I had a decent <laughs> handle on what chocolate was, but all of a sudden, I'm like, no, there's levels to this shit. So, Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, I will say that it certainly does uh, change your experience with food a little bit. But again, you know, not advocating for anyone to abuse drugs. Please don't abuse drugs. But I just thought that was hilarious to have that experience.
1: Mm, no, yeah. No, I mean, you could, you could only... Could attest, only a certain amount of people, I guess, could attest to uh, whether... Uh, which, which is better as it tends to eating experience, but uh, yeah, man, I've had some, I've had some good fucking high food, man. That's great. I, um, yeah, shout shout out to my boy who makes uh who occasionally when we're over here is uh used to make a planted egg sandwich. Sounds simple, but phew, it just does the job. I don't know why, it's so simple, but it does the job. Like it's it's so it's such a so clean, so clean. It's 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 it just hits the spot. It's just, it's like sunny. It's some for some reason. It's exactly what you need. Yeah, so you know, comes some planting, fry that up, uh, fry up some slices, uh, you know, just and then fry an egg, bish bash bosh. You know what I mean? And just get some bread. It's super simple, but it just gets the job done, man. Like the juices from the planting comes through. It's nice and sweet. Um, an egg, just like um, I, I don't know what the I don't know what the egg serves, but it's just nice to have something else there, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know why it, it just works, man. I can't I can't explain it. It just works. It just works. Nah, that looks um, that looks amazing. I'm googling it right now. Fried planting apologize. in general is just great. Yeah, just just fry some planting, guys, and you'll probably be good. I apologize for my um, my lack of knowledge in that area, but that looks fucking no, it's, amazing. No, it's fine, it's fine. But if you have any African friends, uh, say plantain to them, just to piece, because that is the diaspora argument, and uh, I don't want you to get caught up in that bin. I care about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I need to know these things if I'm going to say something mad disrespectful. For Caribbeans,
1: think. you say plantain. For Africans, you say plantain. Okay, just okay. And if you and if you're in the and if you're in the company of both, well, don't know what you don't know what to do. That, but okay, uh, okay. Thank do what you, you, for you feel.
0: The, thank you for the tip. I appreciate.
1: Yes. All right. with that said First DITD under an hour since fuck knows how long. Been a minute. But we got there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the 5th End Podcast Network, it's been Digging Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor of the 5th End I've
0: been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers.
1: We hope you all have a good week. We shall always, always try and do the same. But until the next time, when Novak Chalkovich finally gets our fucking Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> Alright, peace.
1: Digging In Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me, music for the show, is speaks of video games by bonus points, Thanks to chill records for a bit of use. So for the fifth element, hip-hop Find numbers, bonus points, and chill records, will be in the full show notes for you listening. This has been a fifth-minute podcast in production. Thanks for spending time with us. which i will see you next time. Digging In The Digits.